from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Speaking of the Carolina Panthers, they had some media availability today ahead of their game against the San Francisco 49ers. Let's put a little, a little good baker, bad baker. You want to hear a good baker first or bad baker No, first? I like to start with the bad and end on the good. Okay, so uh, let's go with bad baker here. Uh, I, I believe I'm not saying anything radical by saying that Baker Mayfield has not been good this season. Uh, the lottery ticket, the scratch-off ticket that was Baker Mayfield at $5 million as they were discarding him from the Cleveland Browns because they brought in Deshaun Watson has essentially resulted in a $5 payout. Like do you do you do you do the scratch offs Julia? Does a bear go in the woods? My dad loves the scratch offs. Yeah. So every time I go over to my parents' house, I'll play the scratch offs and I'm oh, I'm like the king of the $10 win. Like ah, I just won the money back. And my dad, of course, is like, cool, I'll just go buy more lottery tickets with this. Who doesn't do that? Right, you never cash in the $10. <laughs> you just give me another lottery ticket. Give me ticket. 10 more. But that's essentially what Baker Mayfield is. He's not even the $10 to win you another lottery ticket. He's just kind of like, eh, five bucks. It's nothing right now. And batted balls have been a big problem for Baker Mayfield. And he was asked about that today. And then bad, bad, bad Baker showed up. I think it still goes as to what we've been talking about. Uh, finding windows to throw in games, and then also we just got to get their hands down when it comes to quick game, uh, things like that, of that nature. So, um, yeah, just just finding windows. When you went back and looked at the tape, uh, that fourth and one, the RPO, what did you see? Uh, was that a call you were comfortable with? Or Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Buda Baker's blitzing, so that's my answer. Uh, it's tough on Ian because Buda's hitting the inside on the blitz, so um, they're going to, you know, stem out. So it's tough on him. Uh, he just... Because he knew that he wasn't going to get to me, he put his hands up and just a couple fingers off. Why not, why not try, try something new or change something up or drill wide? If you got a drill for me, you can let me know. If you have a drill for me, you can let me know. What's it have to give you any suggestions? I mean, it, it's it's like staying in the pocket. It's finding windows to throw, getting their hands down a quick game. I mean, it's the same things I keep saying. If there's a drill, and if <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> haven't people on social media been posting like tom amansky versions of football of yeah maybe you want to try this basically <laughs> look man baker mayfield's caught himself a couple of times already and this is where we get to good baker when they lost this past weekend uh and he was asked about the booze he said well i'm pretty sure on the drive that they booed me we put up six that's not how you answer that we make fun of Matt Rule on this program a lot, but the head coach of the Panthers actually handled it correctly when he said, yeah, we deserve the criticism. You know, these people are paying money. They're coming out here, and if that's how they want to if they show their displeasure, that's what you do. That's what fans are allowed to do. You can boo. Baker Mayfield didn't like that. Basically, what he's saying is, fine, boo me the whole game. Maybe I'll score more touchdowns. I won't bat have batted balls down. So he was asked again about the criticism, and this was better Baker that came through. Completely fair. Um, I'll take that any any day of the week. You know, we just we just have to be better. You know, I I've said before. You know, I pride myself on being a guy that elevates the guys around him and being able to uh, lead at an extremely high level. And obviously, that has not happened yet. So um, I'm working really hard on that. And uh, you know, it starts with me just doing my job the very best I can, and then going from there. So um, 
yeah, I'll take a lot of blame for that, and then I consistently will. And that's Baker Mayfield, quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. Ben McAdoo, the offensive coordinator who was brought in to you know spark a little something offensively, also spoke to the media today. Uh, and he was critical of himself, and he's paraphrasing here. I I was brought in to make an impact, and that clearly has not happened. I was brought in here to make a, an impact, right? And it hasn't happened yet. Um, now, that doesn't mean we're discouraged or, you know, it, it's we're four games in, right? So we got another game this week, uh, and we're excited at the opportunity that we have this week, and we have a tremendous opponent coming in here this week. And we're just going to keep working at it and throwing effort at it. And, uh, you know, I think we have a tremendous locker room um, and a tremendous coaching staff. And uh, we're just going to keep plowing away and plugging at it. But uh, if anything, you know, I'm motivated uh, and I'm excited, you know, to keep working with these guys and, and get this thing to improve. So that's Ben McAdoo, offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers. Jillio, they're, they're saying all the right things and they can try to go out and execute. But, man, it's a hell of a Sunday to try to go and execute offensively against a 49ers defense that's currently on one. Yeah, the the biggest problems that they've had, you know, is trying to block anybody, let mm-hmm. alone the best best front in the NFL right now. I feel for, actually, Baker Mayfield and Matt Rule and Ben McAdoo, and I feel for all of them because the hardest thing to do is to keep fighting when you know the end result. Panthers are not a bad team. They have a bad record. They're not going to magically improve. They're probably going to win five or six games this year, and that's it. And they could fire Matt Rule and probably going to win five or six games. Mm -hmm. They can bench Baker Mayfield. They're probably going to win five or six games. They're just, they're not good. Matt Rule is not a good coach. Baker Mayfield, for whatever reason now, is not a good quarterback. I, I I didn't hate what they did. You mentioned that he was a scratch-off. I didn't hate what they did. They actually didn't give up a lot to get this scratch-off ticket as opposed to Sam Darnold, mm-hmm. as opposed to the money that they gave Teddy Bridgewater, too. I, didn't, I don't hate what they tried, but they tried, and I'm here to tell you they've already failed. Yes. And I think part of it, and this is a lot of coaches will look at this and scoff at this and say, well, what about Sean McVay? And I would say to you, Sean McVay is actually a football savant. That's what I would say to you, because what I'm about to say is the Panthers needed a preseason. That's what they needed. And you could sit here and go, well, you don't want to get Christian McCaffrey hurt. You don't want to get DJ Moore hurt. Yeah, but you know what you need? You need reps. And what you're seeing through the first month of this season is a, three guys who should be their three best players. Yes. Who are not there, th- not even close to their three best players. If you, it, but Baker Mayfield's having the worst se- start so far in his career. Like he's fifty four percent of his passes. He can't complete passes because he can't get them past the line of scrimmage. Like this is pee wee football crap. And if you don't roll them out, well, guess what? Oh, like you have to do things once you adjust. You know when the time is to figure out what the guy can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn the preseason. Well, what did they do in the preseason? They they hit ducked and hid and and split reps because it was going to be a, you know, we got to be fair to Sam Darnold. Right. We can't we can't hurt Sam's feelings. They created a fake quarterback controversy yeah. in the preseason to appease who? I I honestly at this point, I don't know. That's the it's thing. like they just don't I don't know. They don't get it and and Matt Rule's never gotten it and and bless his heart, you know, it'll be over soon enough for him. <laughs> wow. It took this long to finally hit Matt Rule with the bless his heart. Man, that's how I know 
Joe Giglio is no longer a Jersey boy. My dude just hit Matt Rule with a bless your heart. Yeah, it's a wrap. It's a wrap for Matt Rule after that. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Ovias. Although, hey, Kyle Shanahan says the Panthers could be 4-0. Also a football savant. So. Yeah, yeah, I would just say, maybe he sees something in the Panthers uh, that uh, that nobody else sees, Mr. Football Savant. We're going to be broadcasting from PNC Arena next week. Wednesday is the Canes season opener. We're going to check in with Trip Tracy in about 30 minutes or so. Get an, you know, Just kind of get a, a sense of where things are with the preseason. Uh, they're starting to trim that roster down and what the biggest storyline is going into the start of the season. We're also scheduled to talk to Rod Brindamore, head coach of the Carolina Hurricanes, later today. One other thing, a little housekeeping here. We will be giving away Panthers tickets in about an hour. Carolina Panthers versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Go go see uh, Tom Brady before the witchcraft kicks in, and the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might not uh, be a playoff team. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, You can get in on this by texting the keyword FOOTBALL to 919-860-5326. Again, that's FOOTBALL to 919-860-5FAN. In about an hour, uh, Dennis Cox, our producer, will call you. You'll get a category. If you can name more in your category than another listener, then you'll be getting those tickets. Joe, this might come as a surprise to you, but Duke basketball is loose, fun, and fancy-free in Durham ahead of the basketball season. Weird. Well, that's odd. <laughs> you mean the pressure of having to play for someone in their final season is is gone? Yeah. Off of a group that had never played together before? <laughs> that's strange. Uh, so we're getting ready for the start of the basketball season, and there was a feature on ESPN about John Shire and the team and how the vibe is. And, you know, Coach K is kind of looming over things. I'd seen that Coach K had talked to Jim Rome this week. Okay, that's cool. We don't expect to see Mike Krzyzewski at Cameron Indoor Stadium like Roy Williams was hanging out at the Smith Center. It's not going to be the same thing. Uh, look, the further we get away from last season – the more we can understand where the pressure of Coach K's last season got to the team, right? And it got to the team in the worst situation possible, going up against North Carolina. We talked about it when the Tar Heels went to Cameron Indoor Stadium, how essentially Hubert Davis did a wonderful job positioning the Tar Heels as, they got everything to lose, man. It's on them. They don't want to lose to us on, like, tonight. Of all nights. And they went in there. And they played. They were the loose ones while Duke was tight. And then we saw it again in a wonderful matchup at the Final Four. But again. Yeah, I think it was too late at that point. I don't think they lost because they were tight in the Final Four. I think they lost in the Final Four because they gave Carolina confidence. They did. By the game in Cameron. Yep. So, you know, I, the, the, the quote in the uh, Myron Metcalf story is from Jeremy Roach, one of the few players back from last year. And he said, I just think everybody is loose now. When Coach K is around, you obviously want to make sure you're doing everything right for him because that's what he expects 100%. I feel like everyone's comfortable now, kind of relaxed, not uptight. Don't have to think about too much. Very comfortable. And you know what? It's not It's not necessarily Coach K, right? It's mm-hmm. this whole specter of right. the end. Ah. And this is the last home game. No, because no, 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 no. No, 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 no. We can you get Jason Williams on the phone right All now. Right. Get Bobby Hurley on the phone okay, right now. Okay. That is a that was a kitty cat, Coach K. 
compared to the Tiger that those got Bobby Hurley had. A, my goodness gracious, yeah. if you know who Bob Hurley Sr. is, a, a kitten compared to Coach K. Yeah. All right? And that I, and that's I'm what they you. got. He I'm softened over I'm the years. You. But the new start, John Shire's younger. You and I both have the same impressions of John Shire, even when he was a player. Mm-hmm. He's a likable guy. And I, I, and the one thing that has struck me that I'm sure he's gone about in his own practice schedule and routine, I, I was struck in that Wake Forest game last year when he had to come in and fill in for Mike Krzyzewski. He didn't try to be Mike Krzyzewski. And I don't think we're going to appreciate how hard that really is. Mm-hmm. That's not to say Hubert Davis tried to be Roy Williams, but there is somewhat of a template there at Carolina, right? You're not going to divert that much from what what Hubert Davis learned from Dean Smith and what Mike, what Roy Williams learned from D. Smith, and then what Hubert Davis learned from Roy Williams. Yeah, we're all our own individuals, but it, it just felt to me last year. There's a year, connecting fabric. Sure, it just felt to me last year that John Shire. It, it, it's a generational thing too, mm-hmm. right? You can't go around and just crack the whip and and be the no. you know mf everybody and do all this other no. stuff, and it doesn't no. work anymore. It does not work that way, right? No. So. I, I'm interested to see how this year works out. They obviously have a new talented group of players at Duke. And that's and that's hard to do, Joe. Every single year to hit the reset button, that's hard to do. You're going to see it again in Carolina with the continuity and how that continuity pays off yeah. at Carolina and how it has paid off when Duke's had the more talented players. Carolina's arguably had more success because of that continuity. I am going to be curious to see how both Duke and Carolina fans process uh, the realization that they're more like everybody else now without a Hall of Fame coach at the helm. Sure. You know? Um, yeah, there's probably going to be a foul call here or there at Cameron that you go, whoa, yeah, whoa, that did, I am sorry, sir, that did not happen in the last 35 also, years. Also how things are positioned. Because you got to remember, with college basketball, there's a cult of personality around mm-hmm. the coach. It's the one consistency when you watch these teams. It's not the NBA where you've got LeBron James. You've, you know, you've got your stars that you're going to want to watch. Maybe Kevin Durant's healthy that day. I have no idea. My point is, you're watching the personalities in the NBA. You're watching the players. In college basketball, as it's gotten further and further away of teams that have built you know, that, or you don't have a Zion Williamson. The coach is the dynamic person you're watching. And this is not a knock on Hubert Davis. This is not a knock on John Shire. They just haven't established who they are yet. And they're just kind of, Duke Duke and Carolina are going to take a step back in terms of the coaches that you know what you're going to get. Like a, like a Bill Self at Kansas. Sure. Or a Mark Few at Gonzaga, right? Those things are going to change over time. Or a Tom Izzo in Mich- at Michigan State. So the the point that the point that I'm making here is that both Duke and Carolina are going to be jumbled in with the other blue bloods more so than they have been in the past because they don't have Roy Williams or Mike Shashevsky to elevate them above the conversation during a normal week. When we get to a Duke Carolina game, clearly that's going to be the thing that everybody will talk about, and I'm sure we'll see a lot of handshakes. Uh, you know, Zapruder films of last year's handshakes to get people fired up one other note about college basketball and i don't know if i like this but hey whatever it is what it is it's already at 68 teams according to matt norlander at cbs there is a transformation committee that exists and they look at different ways and you know what's college what are college sports going to look like in 10 15 20 years the committee is putting together an idea that all division one sports could allow as many as 25 percent of the sports teams to be able to qualify for their ncaa bracket Meaning that if they were to apply this to March Madness, that college basketball's 363 school population 
would allow for 90 teams in the NCAA tournament. Again, that's 25%. You're thinking, Mike, that's insane. Well, it's all relative. You know, in the NFL, you got over 50% of the teams. You got 50% of the teams that make the the, uh, the that make the playoffs. The NBA is the same boat. You look at 50% of the teams or so that make it the NHL playoffs. Look at baseball now. I mean, baseball used to be at 25%. Now it's, what, closer to 50 now. So 25% makes sense, but you're also taking it from not a pool of 32. You're taking it from a pool of 363. My only question for this, Julio, and you're way more into the bracketology than I am. I'm just the type of person that goes, here's the bracket, let's go. How do you seed a 90-team field when they already have a difficult time finding a proper balance of 68? It'll be a challenge for sure. I don't want, I don't want to be on the committee, period.